away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you as always. New episodes of Territory Talk each and every week, so we thank you very much for being on board wherever you are tuned in. You can find Territory Talk wherever you listen to your podcast. An eventful show coming your way here today, as always. When is ever not eventful? I think uh, I like true. to think that we do a pretty good job of uh, keeping things eventful here on Territory Talk. We are going to have a conversation coming up here in just a little bit. Jamison and Katie Gaw is caught up with Mason Marchman a few days back, so we'll have that conversation coming up here in just a few moments. We'll talk about this road trip coming up. The Panthers finally ready to get back onto the ice and play some hockey. We're going to have some big games coming up later in the week, so we'll talk about that coming up as well. Also, later on, everything you've come to know and love about Territory Talk. We'll have the prediction segment a little bit later on in the show. I think you all know if you've been tuned in consistently, what I am going to be predicting will take place <laughs> over the course of the next week. So we'll have lots to get to over the course of this episode of Territory Talk. The Panthers will be home at the time of this recording. We are recording on a Tuesday because we have the Wednesday game day this week. The Panthers will resume action against the Carolina Hurricanes. And what a way to come out of the pause. 7.30 against Carolina coming up on Wednesday night. So you don't want to miss that one. It's a road game in Raleigh. And then Friday night, the Panthers will be on the road against the Minnesota Wild. It's going to be an 8 o'clock Eastern time start. And then Sunday, the Panthers will be on the road against Chicago. A 3 o'clock Eastern time start. A matinee, a mid-afternoon tilt. The sun will be up when the game starts. It'll probably be down when the game ends. That's just the way (laughs) things go uh, this time of the year. And then Tuesday night, the Panthers will be back home. First of three home games before the end of the month of February. The Panthers and the Nashville Predators, Tuesday at 7 p.m. FloridaPanthers.com. Ticketmaster.com, 954-835-PUCK on your touch tone, your touch screen, your rotary phone, however you make your phone calls to get your Panthers tickets. Jamison Olive, how in the heck are you? Good. Really good. I'll be going on this uh, upcoming road trip here, so uh, stay tuned at Jamison Coop on Twitter. I'll be doing some tweets from practices, games, lines, things like that. Um, but it's an exciting time, and it's 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 a crazy time, too, because when you look at this, you know, resumption of play here, um, once the Panthers get going again, they don't stop until, you know, the postseason here. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a ton of games. I mean, right now, first in the Atlantic Division, 32-10-5, looking great. Uh, obviously, you know, coming out of the holiday break, they won 14 of 18. Um, they've been so good at coming, you know, back to work after long pauses, whether it was the winning streak at the start of the season, you know, the hotness after that holiday break. And then right now, what, what are they going to do? That's what everyone wants to know. And it's going to be a crazy game on Wednesday against the Hurricanes, obviously TNT, national audience, um, their only national game of the year on TNT. Um, so it's going to be great to see what the panel says about the Panthers. Obviously a lot of high praise from All-Star Weekend. I'm sure that'll still carry over into that broadcast, but 
that's a it's, a it's a really tough game for the Panthers, though, just given the fact the Hurricanes have played, I think, four games already since coming back uh, from their mini pause. Panthers right now, you know, 10 plus, you know, 10 day plus break here uh, they've been on right now. So it's how quickly can they get their legs back under them? How, you know, how, how quickly can they get back to their style of play they love to play? Um, and the world's going to be watching. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, really going to get a lot of the guys fired up. Yeah. And the Hurricanes, they had their little wake up call when they got back to action. Well, they've lost, the I think, three or four break. since yeah, coming they, back, which. I, it makes me even more scared because it they means they got a, a chip right now. They had right a little now. bit of a rough go of it, uh, and then they, you know, and then you could tell Rod Brendamore had his team uh, squared away after a couple of losses. So we'll see how how they look when they get on the ice against the Panthers. And it's going to be the last game of the season series. This obviously a makeup game. This was that game that was supposed to be played shortly after Christmas that was postponed. So this is the final game of the season series. The last look at Carolina could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Final. We'll see how things play out down the road. But obviously a very tough opponent, one of the top teams uh, in the National Hockey League in that group of teams with the Panthers that I consider to be in the top yeah, tier. Last I mean, I these checked, are two Stanley Cup contenders. Last I checked, head. I think they had the fifth-ranked offense and top-ranked defense. Freddie Anderson is obviously an all-star season. He's, in that. He's kind of been yeah. their MVP a little bit. So that might – the funniest thing, though, is can you even call it the toughest game on this road trip, though, because Minnesota, I think, is going around 10 of 12. You know, they only lost uh, to the Panthers 5-4. They had those those couple goals with the extra attacker and their goaltender pulled to make that game look a little bit closer than it was. But they're one of the top teams in yep. hockey right now, too. So um, a really tough road trip in Chicago. You know, you can't sleep on Patty Kane any day of the week, uh, even though their record isn't as nice as they want it to be. But it's a really tough trip. They're kind of getting cast into the fire a bit coming here back from the break. But this team's risen to that challenge all season long, so I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road trip. Uh, you, you laid it out there a little bit, but Carolina, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, uh, I would put them in the in the top two to three in the National Hockey League. Uh, Minnesota certainly a, a tough game, but Carolina, this is this is a big test in a building that's also given the Panthers some fits over the years. Uh, let's just uh, lay that out right there. The Panthers have uh, traditionally it's been a difficult building to go into for not only the Panthers but for a lot of teams across the National Hockey League going into Carolina. So uh, that's uh, what comes up on Wednesday night: the Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes in the Wild on. Friday, and then, of course, a trip to Chicago coming up on Sunday afternoon. The Panthers back home against Nashville uh, coming up. So they're going to get a big taste of the Central Division teams after this game against Carolina as well. Yeah, and I think what I'm most excited to see on this road trip, too, is just the fact the Panthers are knock on wood right Heard now. Um, this is the healthiest they've been in a really long time. Yes. I mean, you look at the ice during these recent practices, it looks like training camp. There's so many guys out there. So I'm interested to see, you know, what these guys coming back do. You know, Patrick Hornquist is fired up to come back. Nola Chari, you know, he hasn't played since the preseason. He's coming back here pretty soon. So I'm interested to see how those guys look when they get back in there. And also, who comes out for those guys? The Panthers are so deep. Uh, Andrew Burnett might have the toughest job in the NHL yeah. right now trying to figure out which guys to sit, which guys to play, because so many guys, especially once you get down to that fourth liner. So, I mean, the fifth line of practice here lately has been uh, Vertrano, Thornton, Achari. I mean, all those guys are probably playing on, you know, 31 other teams in the NHL, but right now they're struggling to find a spot on the Panthers right now. But these are good problems to have because yep. more guys are going to get banged up. More guys are going to miss time. You're going to need everyone. It, ta I, it takes an army to make it to the playoffs and to go far in the playoffs. And the Panthers have an army right now. But I'm just excited to see, like I said, where the pieces fall. Yeah, I've always thought this to be one of the biggest challenges for a head coach at any level, but especially at the professional level, when you have everybody healthy and you have, in a sense, too much depth, not enough roster spots to go around, I'm sure that it's challenging to have to tell guys, look, not in there now, 
but we're going to need everybody. If you're going to make a deep run, you're going to need everybody. We talked about this from the outset of seasons before. You're going to need to go 30, 35 players deep, maybe more over the course of a year to have success, especially if you end up being a team that's fortunate enough to go deep into the playoffs. So as a coach, I'm sure that's tough to balance when you have to tell guys, look, you're good enough to be in the lineup. There's just not enough spots right now in the lineup, but hang tight because we are going to need everybody. Knock on wood, the Panthers are the healthiest they've been all season long, but it's a grind. There's going to be a ton of hockey played in a short period of time here the rest of the way. There are going to be bumps and bruises, and you are going to need everybody. I, I want to point out that you said knock on wood, but you didn't knock on wood. So there's Hello? the knock. There's there's the knock right there, just to make sure we got our bases covered. Um, but so you look at all that, and you look at where the Panthers are. And I think what maybe separates the Panthers from other teams, though, is at least from you know what we see being around the players and around this team as much as we are, is that even though all these guys want to be in there, even though it stings when they're not in there, they're all still just so happy to be a part of this bigger thing. So I think that does kind of help soften the blow because every guy just likes to be in that locker room. Every guy just likes to be around this team and be a part of the run they're on right Which now. Which is rare. It's rare. Sometimes guys don't get in the lineup and they say, all right, get me out of here. I don't These guys know. are pro athletes, and I know they're making good money, but they all want to play. Yeah, the team really has extended beyond just the guys on the ice here, and I, I think it's really impressive and incredible to see. But, Doug, one guy who's not coming out of the lineup anytime soon is Mason Marchment. Uh Maybe one of the bigger stories for the Panthers this season. Definitely one of the bigger stories in the NHL just because there's a Leafs connection. So you see a lot of that on social media. The Panthers, of course, getting Marchment from the Leafs for Dennis Malgan a couple seasons ago. And March is just around the corner. And March is just around the corner. I mean, he's already over a point per game this season. He had a six-point game uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, third star of the week you know, because of that six-point game that week. And like you said, his his month is coming up here. So it, can he be even better? And I, I've just been so impressed with what he's done, given the fact he's only playing, I think, a little over 13 minutes a night, You know, not on the power play, but still finding a way to get these points on that dynamic third line with Anton Lindell and Sam Reinhart. Maybe the best third line in hockey, at least the most productive here recently with all the points they've been putting up. But Mason Marchment, um, we'll get to him in a second here. But, Doug, your thoughts on, on, on Marchie and what he's been doing? Yeah, he's been outstanding. I think it's uh, what Andrew Burnett has said time and time again. He hits it right on the head. He's very unique, and the Panthers, he's really the maybe the only guy they have like that. And, you know, going back, the way that they've summed up Mason Marchment's game, he has that, he has that physical edge, and he has sort of, a, and Andrew Burnett said this as well, sort of an unpredictable nature. Yeah, because I game. wouldn't call his physical edge like strength. He's not out muscling out there. He's a strong guy, but he's not doing that. It's more just he's... He's chaotic out there. He throws hits. He throws just the body. He's, the he's corner, all over the ice. But he can play a speed game, and we we throw this around quite a bit, but with him, it really is the truth. He could play on your first line because he can keep up with those guys. He has no problem with the speed of the game. He can play on your fourth line, whatever you need him to do. Guys like that are rare. And I'm not drawing the direct comparison because a, a guy I'm about to name... You're not an artist. Is no. an, yeah, I, I, sometimes I try to be. But <laughs> the, the, uh, the guy I'm about to name is a lot of... He's a guy that, if he's not on your team, a lot of people don't like him. But he's an all-world player mm -hmm. who's been one of the biggest X-factors in the National Hockey League over the last nearly a decade. But Washington has a guy named Tom Wilson who plays with a little bit of an unpredictable nature to his game as well. He plays with a physicality, but also has a nose for the net. There aren't a lot of but guys Marchie, like Marchie's him, a good dude, though. He doesn't have that Mason, malice. Mason Marchman, a bit more controlled. <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> but again, an X factor. Still, and, though, yes, and a guy, I agree. Yeah. And, a guy, and, and if you want to be successful, I know there are a lot of people out there that aren't Tom Wilson fans, but you would take him on your team any second. And it, 
not not the same kind of player because he's not a forward, but for a long time, I'm sure there were a lot of Panthers fans that left this building annoyed at Radko Gudis mm-hmm. or annoyed at Patrick Hornquist because he wasn't on their team, but now they're here and they love those guys and they're a big part of the identity. Mason Marchman's been able to establish himself as a huge part of this Panthers identity as well. So want to get into that conversation right now. Uh, Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Let's get into this week's featured conversation with Panthers forward Mason Marchman. All right, Mason, welcome to the show, your Territory Talk debut. We're getting you at a time when you guys are coming back from the All-Star break here. Got a couple practices before getting back to action. But personally, before we get to hockey, just uh, how would you spend the break? Uh, thanks for having me. And um, I just uh, went out to California with uh, a couple of the boys and uh, got some golf rounds in and uh, took in the sun a little bit. Had some pool days and just relaxed. So it was nice. Was that teammates or your friends? Uh, it was Montour and uh, Tippett. We went with the, the girlfriends and... Uh, a nice time. It was we, fun. We, we talk about the camaraderie of this team all the time, but it seems like even when you guys have an opportunity to go your separate ways, you never do. It just seems like you guys are so tight. You always, even when you're not at the rink, you're always hanging out together. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is definitely a tight group. Um, one, one of the tightest I've, I've ever been on. And, um, you know, for, for sure, when we get outside the rink, you know, it's nice to have your, your space and stuff like that. But uh, it's also nice to, you know, have some good buddies on the team and, you know, get together after after the rink and, you know, just hang out. Well, diving right in, I mean, you mentioned you were out in California. Looking back at your earlier years, you spent time out there. Obviously, your dad playing in San Jose, and you grew up in such a great hockey family. How much fun was that? And just, you know, how much do you kind of look back on that and feel like, you know, it maybe did, you know, impact or influence, you know, the career you had, but also just, you know, how much did it make you love the game even more? Uh, you know, going back to California, it kind of felt like home, honestly. Like, I, I haven't been out there in, uh, maybe since I was 13, so it was it was awesome to get back out there. And, um, you know, being around the rink growing up was definitely huge. Um, you know, being one of the boys as a, as a young kid was, was always so much fun. And, um, you know, being out in San Jose, there wasn't much uh, junior or, uh, like, uh, midget hockey or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, um, you know, I didn't really play too much till I moved to Canada, but... Um, Definitely being around the rink and stuff like that helped me along the way. And I think your dad didn't retire. Didn't, he didn't retire until you were around maybe 10. So you actually got yeah, to enjoy 11, some, yeah. some older years. Just what do you remember about when you were you know, 8, 9, 10, just around the rink, around the NHL locker rooms, and any good stories? Um, I'm, my favorite player growing up was Joe Sackick. And um, he actually got traded from San Jose to Colorado for a playoff push. And we flew down uh, right as the playoffs started, and I got to meet um, – I got to meet Joe Sackick and that was probably one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. So, um, you know, he was definitely one of my idols growing up. So that was probably one of the coolest experiences I had. What was it like just being in the locker room, though, as a kid? Was it just, you know, at work with dad or were you like, these are all, you know, NHL stars here? No, I, I was probably a little bit, little bit of a pain. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a couple guys that like Setaguchi and Couture over in mm-hmm. San Jose. When I was growing up, they, I would go to the development camps and they would always, I'd always fall asleep on the couch. They'd marker my face up and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was so much fun just growing up around the rink and, and screwing around, you know. And, and like Katie said here, we, we do like to take it back for the guys that come on for the first time. Just fans want to know kind of your journey in hockey a little bit. So, you know, growing up, you know, your dad played. When did you kind of start taking hockey maybe a little seriously? Uh, maybe when I was like 15 or 14, I mm-hmm. I moved to Toronto when we were 11. Uh, I played a house league a couple years, and then um, I played double A for a year in Uxbridge, and then it went to single A. So I played single A till major midget, uh, and then I played two years of major midget, 
and then uh, one year in the OJ HL, and then two years in the OHL, then the East Coast, and then a couple of years in the AHL, and then um, got to play for Toronto, uh, which was pretty cool, hometown team, and and then you know obviously traded out here, which you know I'm having a blast. So. Worked it worked out pretty yeah. well. Yeah, it's yeah. worked out great. And everybody has a different path to the NHL, but the guys that have you know had to go through the the coast regiment, it's a little bit different, right? I mean, playing yeah. in what is it, the cheese and toast league? Yeah, the cheese on the toast. Bus. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's an entirely different experience than anything in hockey. What was that time like? And just you know, I mean, honestly, it had to be kind of fun in its own way, right? Yeah, honestly, it was it was a blast. Um, you know, I had a, a a lot of good friends on the team there and that I still keep in touch with and um you know just uh, the experience of like kind of turning professional was definitely um new and there was a bunch of guys there one of them uh, Denver Manderson he he actually works for the Leafs now he was a big role model for me and um you know just just learning how to be a professional kind of and obviously you're used to Florida, you know, hockey in Florida now, but when you were in Orlando with the Solar Bears, yeah. what was that like uh, living in Orlando playing hockey? It was great. I loved it. Um, <laughs> you know, I was actually, I only played uh, maybe three road games, but I was just kind of sent down for the, the home stands for the mm-hmm. Orlando, mm-hmm. so it was pretty nice. <laughs> did any theme parks? Did you explore at all? Uh, we did a bunch of the, there's a couple uh, mini outdoor mini putt uh, yeah. out there, and that was a big thing for us. We would all uh, hook up and go mini putting. <laughs> I remember when we talked to Mackenzie Weger a couple of weeks ago when he got his 100th NHL point. He said, when I was on the coast, I could have never imagined getting 100 oh, points man. in the NHL. Just what was your mindset like when you were on the coast? Obviously, every guy's tr- still trying to make it up. But personally, kind of how much did that kind of drive you to, to keep working? Um, honestly, I I never thought I would play. I, I got a good opportunity from Toronto and um, they they really um, put a lot of development de- development into me. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but for for sure, uh, you know, just just kind of finding your way, finding your position, finding your your role on teams and stuff like that is something that you definitely have to learn as you turn pro. Yeah, sometimes it just takes pieces falling into place and all that combining with hard work. Was there maybe a moment in your career where you feel like things finally clicked? Um, no, I, I think maybe maybe this year it's kind mm-hmm. of clicked. I, I've uh, you know I've had some bad luck with injuries and stuff like that, so. Um, you know, this year, you know, I'm just trying to stay healthy. I've had a little hiccup at the start of the year, but just trying to stay healthy and just uh, keep rolling. And being in Florida, we've seen it for so many guys. It just seems like this is sort of like the spot to, to come alive and to revive the career or to or to give the career the jump start that it needs. What is it about, you know, being here and maybe this team that you feel like not just for yourself, but for everybody is just really making a, an impact? I feel like everyone can just come in here and be themselves. I think, um, you know, coming into this, this locker room, everyone's a great guy and everyone cares for each other. So I feel like when you come in here, you just feel kind of like you're at home. Right. So, um, I think, um, just, just the guys around here in the locker room, it's just a great place to play. And one of the reasons uh, this season that this locker room is special is a guy like Jumbo Joe, right? Oh, and yeah. I know heading into the season, we kind of heard the the story of how you offered him your number. Could you tell us a little bit about how that all went down? Because it's cool. I mean, growing up, you've obviously watched him play. Just can yeah. you explain a little bit more about what went into that moment and how cool it was? Well, Jumbo was uh, another one of my my favorite players. I'm, when, as soon as he got traded to San Jose, um, my dad being working there and I lived there for so long, they were 
one of my favorite teams growing up. So, um, you know, I love Jumbo and uh, he's a great player and I looked up to him for a lot of years. So for him to get on our team and, uh, you know, I know last year he was wearing 97 because Spets had 19. Mm-hmm. So um, for me to just o- offer it up for him, that's just, um, you know, Curtis, he, he, uh, he deserves it. He's worked for it and, you know, I don't. I don't uh, deserve it. <laughs> what did What did he say when you when you made the call? I mean, was he was he surprised? Was he excited? I mean, just you know, what was his reaction to you offering it to him? Oh, I've uh, talked to Jumbo a couple times throughout the year, so yeah. we're, we were a little bit familiar before. And um, I just called him. I told him, uh, obviously, 19 is yours. Like, if you wanted, and <laughs> I told him, I told him that 97 looked pretty good on him too. So, <laughs> but he just said thanks, and he'll he'll think about it. And then a couple of days later, he sent me a text and he's like thanks for 19 I really appreciate it and stuff like that so that was nice but it definitely uh, he, he definitely deserves it you think as a kid you ever could imagine that you'd be able to offer one of your favorite players their no. number back no I don't think so but <laughs> it's funny because um, when my dad played in San Jose uh, uh, Joe's cousin uh, played in San Jose and he wore 17 mm-hmm. so I just uh, switched to the other Thornton's number perfect <laughs> on that though I mean are you superstitious because 17 is really working out for you this season so something's happening yeah. there I wore 17 uh, maybe when I was I think 14 or 15 mm-hmm. actually for a mm-hmm. season and I, I didn't mind it I just uh, you know 19's always been uh, one of the numbers that I like to go to so but we'll see we'll see <laughs> maybe I'll switch back maybe I won't and we were talking, obviously, this season, so many big moments. You know, you're more than a point per game right now, 20-plus games into the season. But you were on NHL Network the other day, and they didn't ask about the six-point game. And I was shocked because for us, that's like that's been huge news here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Take us back to that game a little bit. You score, you know, 30 seconds or so into the game. Already a great start. But at what point did you kind of start to realize, you know, something's going on here in this game? Honestly, I didn't really realize until it was almost over. Um, it was it was pretty crazy. It was just one of those nights where kind of everything that I did or anything that our line did really kind of just worked out. So, um, you know, not every game's going to be like that. And <laughs> I think we got to realize that. Um, but you know, just 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 roll, rolling uh, through the wave and um, you know going going through the motions there. How many pucks did you you get for that? Did you, did you get taped up? Because obviously. <laughs> The at whole least line one. got pucks. Everybody was. Lundy had a couple records. He had to get some of the pucks. Did, did you get? Did you, I'm sure you got at least one. I don't right? think I got one. I don't think I got a puck. Rhino had the hat trick. <laughs> yeah, so Rhino everybody got. Yeah, Rhino got the all the pucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, on that line, that line has been so dynamite this season. Obviously, not just that game. That game was obviously the most extreme example. But you guys have been clicking uh, all season long when you were together at the beginning. Now back together again. Just what works with with you three there? Because you all bring something a little different to the table. I think that's just it. I think we all bring something uh, a little different, and um, you know, like I, I like to get pucks and um, go go in uh, forecheck and you know just drop some plays. And you know, Rhino and Lundy, they're just great players, and they just they just know how to get open and you know find open space. So it's just it's just been great. And Reinhardt, obviously a seasoned veteran, done a lot in this league already. But Anton Lundell, 20 years old, coming in, uh, fresh out of Finland. He looks like a potential Calder frontrunner right now with the points he's yeah. putting up. He's a quiet guy, but he's funny. We love talking to him. Just what's he like on the ice, on the bench? Just how much do you guys chat out there? He's great. Uh, we, we actually chat a lot um, just, just about plays and, you know, where, where he was in certain situations like that. And, um, you know, it definitely helps out when, when you know where each other are on the ice. And that's why I think it's great because our line does a lot of talking and, you know, uh, situational talks and stuff like that. So it's been great. And one of the reasons that they bring me on this show is to ask people about my favorite subject, which is dogs. Yes, it's and the next you, 
always show up to the airport with your dog in the car with you getting dropped off. Tell us about the dog. You got the golden retriever. What's the story and what's his name? Just give us all the details. Uh, so his name's Milo. He just turned two a couple uh, a couple months ago, and uh, he, he is a, he's a lover. That's for sure. <laughs> he's um, he's a suck. He, he's a mama's boy for sure. Um, he's a great dog. He's such a good listener. And the other day, actually yesterday. I was taking him for a rollerblade and he, when we go for rollerblades, he likes to carry his own leash. So <laughs> Love that. He, he, he runs right next to me, but he's carrying his own leash and everyone on the side of the road's like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, he's a great dog and you know, I love him to death, but I bring him to the airport because when, when I leave and he, he doesn't come with me, I feel like he wonders where I go. So, <laughs> so now you're showing I, I got to bring him to the airport and tell him I'm going on the plane, buddy. I'll, I'll be back. Does okay. he watch on TV, the road games? Uh, he, he tries to, he, <laughs> he's not too much of a T, TV type dog. I still remember it was last year, probably midway through the season. I was leaving the arena after a game. I, I'm here a little later. It's probably like 11, 1130 at night. And I'm driving through the parking lot at FLA live. And I see this dude rollerblading with a golden retriever. Yeah. And I'm just like, is that is that Margie? What did you do? How big a part of your life is, is rollerblading? Though it seems like some hockey players are really into it, some aren't. But it seems like you seem to be a big proponent. Uh, well, that that was a thing that I you know growing up in San Jose, and there's not too much ice going on over there. So, um, well, at least when I was growing up, and um, rollerblading was massive. I always used to you know go off little jumps and you know, rollerblade around the community and stuff like that. So, um, did that, Muddy Ducks have an impact? Because I mean, like I started blading as a kid. Yeah. Muddy Ducks. No, I mean I just always loved to uh, rollerblade. I I think I was a better rollerblading rollerblader than I was a skater. So um, that was part of the reason. And um, when I moved to Canada, I kind of got away from it a little bit. But now back in perfect the, place back for in it Florida, now. We're, yeah. we're, we're, Bringing the rollerblades back out. A couple of little things I want to get to. First one, like I said, first time on, we like to find out little things. Fans have been hearing your nickname quite a bit, uh, Mush, uh, through whether it's on social or on TV, things like that. What's the origin there? What's the story? Um, so I think uh, I think it started with my my papa. Mm-hmm. Uh, people started calling him Mush. I think it goes way back um, to when he was working um in uh, electricity and then i think uh somehow it got to my dad and throughout the hockey world and then, it's a generational thing. yeah wow. so now it's passed down so hockey like players it. aren't that creative i feel like sometimes yeah. they get they get you get one family nickname and then it just follows you forever well, it's either it's either mush or marchy so yeah, just it's, add the y one, yeah marchy <laughs> or mush so it's one or the other and Road trip coming up, first game, you know, out of this is going to be at Carolina, huge matchup. Uh, but personally, road trips last year, you guys couldn't do anything. This year, you guys have a little more freedom. Kind of what's your, your road routine and kind of who's your crew once you guys get to a new city? Uh, well, Mon- Mon- Monty runs my uh, my dinner routine. So he <laughs> wherever he says, I go. So that's uh, that's kind of my regimen. And you're the poker dealer on the plane, I've noticed. A little bit of, little uh, bit of cards. Yeah, I play a little bit of cards here and there. I, uh, I got the, the odd man out seat on the, on the plane. Yeah, so. you're always standing. I know. It, it's, <laughs> it makes it's me very nervous uncomfy. when we're landing, and I'm I like, know. is he going to sit down? <laughs> I know. Sometimes I forget. But, no, it's definitely fun to get some cards going on the plane and take, uh, take some of Weezy's money. <laughs> and you talk about Weezy, talk about the room and the road. Have you ever been on a team like this? Because, like I said, the, the hardest part for us is, like, we're not in the room this year. Fans can't really peek in there, but it, every guy just talks about what a room that is. And yeah. you hear it all the time, but this year it feels a little different when guys talk about that room. 
Yeah, I just feel like um, even from last year, we've just taken a, a step forward and ev everyone's kind of taken a bigger role. And um, I feel like everyone's just kind of buying in. So it's it's been so much fun and hopefully we can just keep rolling. And on that second half coming up, playoff push, you guys got a taste last year. Just how excited are you guys to, you know, finish out the second half of the season and, you know, make another run? Oh, we're pumped. I think uh, this year we're really wound up and ready to go for playoffs. So um, I can't wait. Well, Marchie, thanks so much for joining us. Your, your debut, we'll have to get you back on. Of course. Thanks for the dog info. You have to bring Milo yeah. for the next one. Yeah, next that's one the, we'll bring that's Milo. The we'll do a dog <laughs> Yeah, and we'll get, we'll get the camera going for him. Well, Marchie, thanks so much. We can't wait to watch you guys here in the second half. All right, thank you. Thank you. Big thanks, Mason Marchman of the Panthers, for stopping by this week. Great conversation that Jamison, you, and Katie Gauze had with Mason Marchman a few days back. Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, well, uh, Jamison, uh, one of those guys that's always great to hear from. And I remember the first time I had a chance to talk to him last year on a Zoom, uh, shortly after he'd really gotten his footing as a, as a member of the Panthers and was one of those guys I could have just we could have sat and just shot the breeze about hockey for uh, for three hours yeah. of course we had to keep it to one segment but uh, just a great guy to talk yeah, to. yeah we, we had to jam a lot in there I think it was about 14 15 minutes and we could have gone much longer because we were kind of hopping around from topic to topic just because it was his debut here on territory talk we wanted to get to a little bit of everything but uh even just li listening to him kind of just you know rattle off his his uh his journey there through hockey he really has had a unique path I mean he, he didn't get into the OHL till he was much older uh, the first team he was on there was with Connor McDavid of the Erie Otters. Um, and Spent then some time living out in a, in what you know a lot of people a phrase people like to throw around the non traditional hockey market. Yep. Spent some time out in Northern California. Yeah, and then he you know comes in. He'll get signs with the Leafs, where his dad played at one point. You know. Goes through that system a little bit, ends up with the Solar Bears for a bit. Nice to hear he had a good time in Orlando. That's always nice to hear. But, you know, then he ends up getting traded to the Panthers. And then the Panthers just really believed in this guy. From from the moment he got here, he was getting opportunities. And they, they saw something in him. And clearly, you know, it's paid off. Things are all kind of coming together. So, uh, you know, really happy for Mason Marchman. Really nice guy. But, you know, the funny thing is, to show you kind of a, a little peek into the locker room. And again, what guys think of each other was... Uh, we did that at the Ice Den a couple days ago. We, we, we were walking out of the locker room where we recorded. Mackenzie Weger was doing another interview. Uh, friend of the program, Mackenzie Weger. All-time leader. All-time leader. Uh, was doing an interview in the room over. So he was kind of walking out the same time we were. And he goes, oh, podcast. Who'd you guys get? And we're like, Mason Marchman. He goes, ah, face of the franchise. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, Marchie's, Marchie's, his, his stock is rising in that locker room. Face of the franchise right there. Uh, but I, I, I definitely, like you said, a guy that... I'm starting to see more opposing Twitter accounts for opposing teams be like, man, Mason Marchman, ugh, I hate that guy. And all the Panthers fans, of course, love him because, like you said, uh, all of the things he brings to this team. So I think you're, you're, you're right and you're onto something there where he is kind of becoming one of those guys you, you don't like if you're playing against him and you love if he's on your team. Not to the extent of some of those other guys, but a little bit. He's starting to build that rep, and I love it. I think that comes with the confidence he's getting from being in the lineup every day and producing the way he's been producing. And a guy that had a great playoffs last year against the Lightning and a guy that's going to be just as important in the playoffs again this year. Yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, how things go as Mason Marchman continues through what's been a breakout year for him. Jameson, we want to get into now what uh, a lot of people consider to be their favorite part of the program. We're I not think, neither uh, of us are having a breakout year in this no, game. No, this has been uh, this has been an uphill a battle. struggle. And I with so we got four we games. Out, we four four games. games. So there's the, a lot of. So we're getting here. into the prediction game right now. We got four games that we're gonna have to work with. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of runway here this week. Three road games. Carolina, tough opponent. Minnesota, tough opponent. 
Chicago, Marc-Andre Fleury can still steal a game if you're not careful. And uh, Nashville, team that uh, a team that's maybe exceeded some expectations. And Debrinket uh, scores against year. us, it seems like, and, every game. So yeah, Debrinket scoring against a lot of people. Chicago's probably getting at least one goal from Debrinket. <laughs> so that's the way things have gone for the uh, for the teams coming up. But no, no real, uh, you know, with all due respect, no real doormats this no. week on the schedule. Uh, all pretty capable opponents. So... I'm going to say that at some point in the next four games, uh, Aaron Eckblatt is going to score a power play goal going back to the well. So how that, many points do I get? I've swung and missed on this. How many shows in a row? And like I said, I'm always hesitant to just keep increasing the points because it, then you just have no reason to not keep guessing that. Cause it's going to, to my knowledge, Aaron hasn't gotten wind of what's going on here in the prediction. No. segment. I'm not sure if he would have an issue with me continuing to it's belief. I, I I'm doing it out of belief. He may say, it's it's jinxing him, and I need to stop. Minnesota. I mean, you look at those teams. Though. You look at Minnesota. You look at you know Carolina. Um, you look at Nashville. Those are good defensive, good goaltending teams. So it's gonna be tough to get a power play goal. I'm gonna give you four points. The biggest, the biggest I've given. Turn the whole season yet. around. It could because right now I am leading six four. So that yeah. that could swing you right into first place. I'm. We get, haven't determined yet what the prize is. We haven't yet. We'll get. We got plenty I'll buy of time. A Taco Bell. We got, Taco Bell sounds like a good prize. We'll get yeah. there. Over sponsor. Another sponsor wants to hop in and sponsor this contest for yeah. a prize. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, Taco Bell prices might be up like but 30 cents. for me. Oof. Thinking about. Like I said, I'm up six four. You're going for a big. Sw- you're going for a big four point week. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna play it safe. I'm gonna get back to basics. I'm gonna say Barkov has one goal over the next four games. One point. I think I think that's a slam dunk. I think that's I, I, we need some slam dunks right and now, and that's why I, I mean I can't. I think the one point is good there. I just think it's a really likely thing. It's just happen. lame. It's a really likely. Yeah, you're not going out on a limb. That's low hanging fruit. I, I need to. I need to because then if I get this and you get yours, I'm only trailing by one point. Then I'm just trying to. I'm playing the numbers here. Yeah. I'll like take it. it. I'll take it. Yeah. I and do. as always, tweet us your predictions at Doug Plagans at James Coop on Twitter. I know there's been some good interaction out there in the uh, prediction department, so uh, we look forward to hearing uh, what you, the listeners, think will happen. What you, the listeners, know will happen is that next week there will be another show, and the week after that there will be another show because there's new material from us here on Territory Talk each and every Wednesday. Territory Talk, as always, is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. I futuristically said Wednesday because we're recording this on a Tuesday, but I know you're going to hear this for the first time or you have the potential to hear this for the first time on a Wednesday. I'm going cross-eyed over here. So I'm just laying it all out for everybody to just so the to keep uh, you know so there's less mystery involved here on territory. The territory talk, talk timeline. wide open with everybody. The territory talk timeline. It's it's hard to follow. It is sometimes, but uh, the Panthers have four big games coming up. They're home again on the 22nd. That's Tuesday. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, nine five four eight three five puck to get your tickets for that game against Nashville and all the games coming up at FLA Live Arena between now. And the rest of the season. So be sure to get out your calendar, your Palm Pilot, your pocket organizer, your post-it notes right on your hand. Although I'd highly advise against that, especially with a pencil. That just doesn't work. You can't write on your hand with a pencil. Nobody wants you to do that. We didn't encourage you to do that here on Territory Talk. In fact, we discourage you to do that. But we are encouraging you to continue listening to Territory Talk and to go on and check out 
dates that work for you to get your Panthers tickets at FloridaPanthers.com uh, between now and the rest of the season. For Jamison Olive, for Mason Marchment for stopping by, big thanks to him. For Katie Gauze, who took part in that interview with Mason Marchment, want to say thanks to all of you for tuning in. Folks, this has been Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. I'm Doug Plagans, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.